0: Hello, and welcome to the Mind Springs podcast with me, Alastair Appleton. I hope you enjoy what you hear, and if you'd like to find out more about us, then visit mind-springs.org. So I, I've, run this, I've, I've run a course on this before, and I've given this talk before, and I've thought about it and had my own experiences with it. And there are a few things that I kind of came up with, and I'm sure you can think of some other things, but these are a few things that I came up with which might be interesting little techniques to try and bring some mindfulness into this picture. And one of the easiest, and perhaps well, one of the most difficultest, but it's the most simple, is abstinence. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean giving... I mean, you might want to just throw your mobile phone into the sea. Uh, or lose it on a mountain. Um, but I would suggest you could start smaller than that. And you could turn your mobile phone and all devices off between 10 at night and 8 o'clock in the morning. So I did the sort of crowdsourcing with of the group once and so we decided that was the kind of acceptable window. Because there's very good evidence that looking at screens before you go to sleep really buggers up your sleep cycles so it will help you sleep better and then when you get up, the first thing you look at is not your mobile phone don't sleep with it under your pillow mm-hmm. and a surprising number of people in the interview did sleep with it under their pillow don't <coughs> that. You turn it off at 10 o'clock watch telly or talk to people read sleep, get up Post the garden, talk to people, read, and then turn it on This is a very simple, it's manageable, it's not too draconian. Anybody can do that, and it does have an extraordinarily powerful effect because you're so many times up. Like, oh. And just that ability to say no is the is the kind of beginning of mindfulness, of choosing where to put your emotion, to put your attention. You could also extend that and have a day off, like a Sunday where you simply turn all those devices onto airplane mode, you just use them for the telephone if you have that sort of word and you just don't go onto the internet. So that's another way of abstinence. If you, if you struggle with that sort of like selection, you could also start removing certain apps from your phone. So do you really need the Twitter app? Do you really need the Facebook app on your mobile phone when you have it on your computer? The things that you carry with you all the time, what do you really need? Could you just use it as a camera and a tele- as, a te- as a telephone, maybe text? Telephone people, don't text them. Engage with people, don't turn them into representations. Don't email them, pick up the phone. People hate being phoned nowadays. Like when I lost my phone, texting was okay. So I suppose they're like, what are you phoning me for? <laughs> because it's so slow texting. What well, I hate people phoning me. People don't answer the phone. People don't answer the phone, and some people don't even have messages on their phone anymore. But still, you can stick out as that. Oh, is that person always it? So. Uh, more subtle is to start noticing that dissociation when you're on the bus and you're like, oh. and then you're like, oh. On a bus, there's a world, and just to be aware of that gear change is incredibly powerful. To so like, oh, I was actually down on the, because I do have a I do have a smartphone now. I Do have a smartphone now. But I found that having not had it, I was like, oh, so lovely not having it. And I used to take lots and lots of photos, and I was down on the on the seafront, and I was like, and I just in the process of doing it, I was like. This is so boring. I actually. I'd just much rather just look at it and remember. no It yeah. It's liberation. Just try it. So uh, just notice that dissociation. Don't overshare. This is the other thing. The the temptation of all of these websites is to want us to share because they make their money out of all the information they give we give them. Facebook, Facebook only exists because we gaily give away everything onto their, their... All their content is created by us, and we don't pay anything. We don't get paid anything. But they make billions and billions of dollars. So just experiment with not oversharing. Don't share every thought that goes through your head. Just enjoy it don't share pictures of your food, just eat it. <laughs> <laughs> don't share, you know, unnecessary kind of bits of emotion. Because these are private things. There's a great culture of, like, privacy as some kind of... You know, Ten years ago, being exposed publicly really, was a bad thing. That was something you would be ashamed of. And now, after that terrible quote... I forget his name now. In the, in the... Not Andy Coulson, but one of those guys. During the kind of the, the whole phone tapping thing, he said famously, "said privacy, privacy is for pedos." This idea that actually, if you have nothing to hide, then you should put everything out. It should be asked the well, other? This is bollocks. No, we are essentially private people. There's bits about ourselves that we don't know that then other people need to know. So, so be more private. I mean, this is the. Uh, these are two more practical things. This is one go for a walk. The human brain is essentially a brain of a hunter-gatherer. It developed over two million years of hunter-gatherer, and then this last tiny little tiny stick-on is when we were agriculturalists and when we had civilization. So our brains developed to walk at least 12 miles a day. It's meant to be a moving thing. We're meant to move and see things and judge distance and be aware and... You know, scope out the world around us. And that's what makes our brain flourish. There's, re- uh, there's research that shows that a 20-minute walk every day, this is an amazing piece of fact, 20-minute walk a day cuts the likelihood of Alzheimer's by 57%. So keeping the brain and the eyeballs moving through the world allows the brain to flourish and allows us, our sense of self to thicken out and become more real. And I'm assuming that 20 minutes... Not thinking about all the things you're going to write on the face. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, it's <laughs> funny. and actually, I've, I've started doing it of just letting your eyes drift, like really just being with your eyes, yeah. being uh, scoping out distance, checking out space, being aware of things. This is a pleasant way of Spending twenty minutes. And the final thing, and this is obviously slightly biased because it's my axe to grind, is try and establish a daily practice of meditation. Mm-hmm. It's really incredibly powerful. If you can set aside 20 minutes every day to just sit and breathe, and there are lots of wonderful ways of kind of being guided. You can go to a class, there are apps, ironically, and There are lots of books, lots of wonderful teachers. Mindfulness Association here at Scarborough. Rob Nance coming in a couple of weeks, an amazing my teacher, an amazing teacher. Do go and see him. Try and get in a daily practice because it will change your life. It really will. It's an incredible tool of just learning to love your life as it is, and starting to really kind of inhabit your experience and not kind of feel timid about it. Because it's wonderful being human and alive, and we we shouldn't shrink it into a into a Facebook profile. Okay, I think we're probably done. Thank you very much for your attention, everyone. Thank you for listening, and please do join us again for more podcasts from Mindsprings. You can find out more about us and our work at mind-springs.org. That's mind-springs.org.